Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I am your host, Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me on this sports podcast. Where we have one topic at hand today, the start of the 2020 U.S. Open in the bubble in New York City. And I talked to my boy, reoccurring guest of the show, Brett Connors, who's actually in New York in the bubble, covering it there. Brett's been on this show for many years, and he has recently started a podcast with his father, Jimmy Advantage Connors. Definitely want to make sure you check that out. Brett and I discussed both the men's and the women's draw. Novak Djokovic still undefeated this year, the overwhelming favorite. Who, if anybody, can challenge him? Who can make some noise there? The women's game is missing several top 10 players. Naomi Osaka is there. Serena Williams is there. Who else can make noise? What are the first round gambling lines look at? It's the 2020 U.S. Open preview with Brett Connors on the Money Mitch Effect, and it starts right now. All right, making his triumphant return to the Money Mitch Effect to talk U.S. Open tennis. A man that has uh, grown in, in the podcast game faster than anybody, the fastest rising star, I think, in the industry. Brett Connors <laughs> back on the show. Host of Advantage oh, wow. Connors, Brett. Thanks for coming back to the to the place where I think you got your humble beginnings in the podcast game. Money, Mitch. How are you, my man? That was uh, thanks for the for the intro. That was pretty sweet. I appreciate it. Well, no, I mean you've been uh, you've been covering tennis for a while uh, since I've you know even before I knew you, and now you're getting into the podcast game with your dad talking tennis, uh, getting the interview chops going. It's been good, and now as we talk, getting ready for the return uh, after you know eight months, we finally have a major to talk about: a U.S. Open without fans in a bubble. And guess who's there? None other than yourself. That's right, money. Yeah, man. Just uh, in New York, actually, I'm looking out uh, my LaGuardia Airport hotel's uh window at uh at manhattan it looks pretty sweet but um yeah man i'm in the bubble like you said you you, you actually helped me get involved in the podcasting i mean now i do it like you said with my pops the Dan connors uh, we have a lot of fun but kind of learned a lot and picked a lot up from you and and coming on the show and i always you know have fun so ready to talk some gambling man yeah i'm here in the bubble it's crazy it's it is crazy we're so pumped to have matches to talk about obviously to bet on but, uh, you know, first thing, Brett, you've been, you know, there for a few days now. Western Southern Open just finished. You're doing some work out there. What's it been like just kind of being around the grounds, the atmosphere? From what you can tell, you know, what's the feel going into the major uh, with the players and just the atmosphere or lack thereof? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I flew in, got in Thursday. I had to come in a day early just so I could take my COVID test because uh, I'm coming from one of the quarantine states, California. Um, you know, took that test, and then I, I just I sat around the hotel for like almost 30 hours. You know, you're not allowed to to actually enter the bubble, go onto the grounds, and, until you have that uh, negative test, and and then you know, then you can get into the bubble and, and kind of go about your business. But the energy level is like, dude, it's non-existent to tell you the truth. It's like there's, it's cool because you know they have they have all these games, and, and, and you know it's cool for the players. Every player gets their own suite. Uh, inside Ash Stadium, and there's like little, you know, gazebo kind of things where they can chill out and put their feet up, and they got, you know, putt-putt golf and, and like pool that you can play, like with soccer balls, and then and, and a lot of the game basketball. So, I mean, it's cool from the player standpoint, you know, but um, energy-wise, it, it's weird because there's, you know, so, no fans, so few people, right. you know, uh, there's not that much going on, no concessions, all that stuff. So, I don't know, it's a little, a little eerie, to tell you yeah. the truth. 
Yeah, and uh, you know they're doing the best. They're doing the best that they can for a tough situation. Um, but we've seen it. We, we started to see it in Cincinnati. At the Cincinnati tournament played in New York. That there isn't that crowd level. There isn't going to be that emotional lift for some of these players. And the players have done a good job, most of them keeping themselves in shape. But they haven't had the match reps. We've seen some rustiness. Now the men get to play best of five, which hasn't happened in eight months. So there's a lot to mm-hmm. to dive into. I did hear though that there's a sign uh, on the grounds that says, you know, if you cross this line, you, if you go into this area, you're withdrawn from the tournament. So I'm wondering why haven't a bunch of uh, player in, players in the men's side just pushed Djokovic past that line? Right, just shove them across <laughs> it and get them out of the draw. Yeah, just all <laughs> rise up and just eliminate the biggest threat because I think we can start there. Brett, um, still undefeated this year, won a couple three-set matches where he lost the first set to Batista Gu and Milos Raonic to win the Western Southern Open. He's now won every Masters event twice, 35th total, and he is minus odds to win the U.S. Open. Minus odds to win a major, and yet it kind of feels like the safest bet you can make right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a little weird just to see him struggle in those matches. I feel like Bautista Goot probably was closer to beating him than, than Roundish, even though Roundish kind of looked like he had him on the ropes a little bit. To see how he, I mean, if he was hurting, he had the trainer come out a couple times against a Goot. You know, don't know if was he really hurt or is that a little bit of gamesmanship? What's going on there? But, you know, if he's struggling in two out of three, like, it's, you know, what's going to go on when it goes to five sets? You know, three out of five, like you said. And he had he had COVID earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know, you know, like what the long-term effects, you know, on, on stamina or your lungs and your heart and, you know, all that stuff. Hopefully everything, you know, is fine. But, you know, you never know when you get into these long, you know, three, four-hour matches, you know, how, how your body's going to respond. It's just tough for, for any of us to think that this guy is, you know, going to be beat until we see it with uh, without Rafa in this tournament, without Fed. And the other thing, Brett, too, I mean, I think we brought this up before. The the typical landmines like Stan, Kyrgios, not in this tournament. Those are guys that have beaten him before. So Stan last year in the U.S. Open. I, I agree that Djokovic doesn't look like he's at apex form. But mentally, how tough he is, how good his game is, and how good he's able to adapt, it's going to be tough for anybody to uh, to knock him off. As we go through the odds right now, I just want to bring up the fact that, like I mentioned, Djokovic minus odds to win. Uh, the U.S. Open, depending on what you know, what you're using, what you're getting them at, it's about minus 125. And I'm seeing Medvedev as the number two favorite at plus 600. You have Med, Sitsipas, and Team. Sitsipas and Team are in that 700, 750 range, and then it really drops off. So those numbers, those three in that order, Brett. Do you think that that's fair? Do you think some other guys should be higher? Do you think those odds are a little too steep? Just right. What do you think about the favorite structure for the U.S. Open men's side? It makes sense. I mean, I almost think even if all those other guys were here, I can't, I mean, Djokovic might be like plus 100. I don't think it would be that big of a difference, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. I mean, Medvedev still kind of yet to prove it. He had the great run here last year, but hasn't won a match that's gone five sets in his career. So that's I think something he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to get past that at some point if he's going to start to become a threat at majors. Team, I mean, this seems like this is the situation for team. He's on the opposite side of the draw, so, you know, he doesn't have to see Joker until the final, and, you know, hope, maybe he hopes Joker slips up before then. Before what happened in Cincinnati, you know, for the Cincinnati tournament, where he, he looked terrible in that match. He kind of just went out almost just with like so a little bizarre. whimper. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I'm a little more hesitant to, to jump on his bandwagon after seeing that. 
I mean, that's the fascinating thing, right? Like, Med, like team had an atrocious match. You wonder with the condensed schedule, was he just kind of not, you know, willing to go all out trying to save some? Medvedev similarly uh, didn't play at his best level. Sitsipas, oddly enough, plus 700. You know, he had to go through that gauntlet of tough servers of those giant big men who serve 130, 140 miles an hour. So, of all the, I mean, you never want to see, you know, a, a loss on your resume, but... That loss to Milos after beating Isner, after beating Opelka, it's more, I guess you would say, understandable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, to chop down the three big Sequoias in a row is, is a big ask, but I think that's going to be good for him going into the Open, just because everyone seems to say that the, the courts are pretty fast and, and they all think it's going to get faster. So, you know, getting getting to read those guys serve and, you know, having some success against it, I think might bode well for him to make a deep run. Yeah, um, and he's on Joe. He's on Joker's side of the draw, which is tough. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we'll see. Like, the, what I want to know is, this is essentially like a, a, a money tournament. The only way it can hurt you, you can't really hurt you. You know, like you can only improve on your points last year. So almost everyone here is just kind of playing for money and and to try and win a grand slam. Yeah. So like, how many of these guys are going to really take it serious? Are going to give it their full effort? You know, is like a guy like Team, is he going to be already thinking about going back to get ready for the clay in the French, since that's kind of his favorite surface? You know, does Medvedev, is, is he motivated to try and win, you know, just coming up short last year? I just, the situation seems so odd and weird yeah. that I feel like there's like it's a chance for a lot of upsets in this tournament. There is. I still think, I don't know that you'll see all the top guys play at that high level, that high level of focus and energy, but I think you'll see enough of them because you said, I mean, it's for a grand slam. Djokovic is, is continuing to chase history. The rest of these guys just want to get one, and it's a chance to do it in a tournament Djokovic is in, which team has said is important to him. He wants to win one when those guys are still around. Uh, the rest of the odds, Milos mm-hmm. plus 1,800, Zverev uh, about plus 2,000. RBA 2500, then you get the Murray Rublev Berrettini at plus 4000. But Brett, one of your one of your big finds, one of your success stories has always been to win a quarter. So I'm wondering, is there a quarter that you're looking at and targeting with maybe some of your good or ideal bets? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I don't know why, but I feel like Zverev can make a run. I don't know why I think it. I mean, the serve's been so if hectic. Three twenty-five <laughs> to win that quarter. I mean, and and that's a Sitsipas yeah. quarter. He's the five. Sitsipas is the four. Sitsi is minus 110. I like Sitsi in that matchup, but that's great value for Zverev, as bad as his serve has looked at times. Yeah, I mean, it's been brutal. He's got a tough first round against Anderson, you know, who was a finalist here a few years ago. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think Medvedev, it's hard to say because you want to love Medvedev, the way he finished last year and he went on that run and, you know, he's, all of a sudden he's one of the you know top three, four players. But then if you really look at his stats, he hasn't been that good this year. You know, since yeah. even starting with the ATP Championship last year, where he went zero and three, and he kind of just you know went out, you know, with a whimper. Like it's it's kind of hard to pick him and put anything on him just because you haven't seen it from him since you know almost here this time last year. You're right. Uh, the the one guy that I, I I'm in the same boat with uh, Berrettini, the six seed, kind of falling upward. I'm just not there with him yet on hard court. I think grass has been kind of the surface he's been at. That could be the upset quarter to look at for some of the value picks there. Um, no, but I think you're right there. I mean, if team struggles, RBA at plus 500 in that quarter, he gets results. I mean, you that match against mm-hmm. Djokovic, I think he is one of the most brutal matchups on tour. I think everybody dreads seeing him. So that could be a good value as well. Uh, you know, and, Especially and, on the hard court. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's funny Love that hard, it's funny Rublev has higher odds to win his quarter at plus four fifty than Berrettini. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll have to see what happens. But let's look at you know kind of the draw, and we don't have to break down individual matchups. But looking at it with the Djokovic section on top, anything in that first quarter stand out to you? We can get into the betting lines as well if you want, and just kind of vamp through here. But that top quarter, Isner would be the fourth round matchup. Uh, other than that, anything really stand out to you? Uh, I mean, that quarter, no, nah, not really. I mean, Carreno Boost is in there. He was like a semi- semifinalist here a few years back. But, I mean, Edmund, he won the New York Open earlier this year. He's playing Bublik in the first round. That'd be kind of a fun match, Bublik. Bublik, did you see in his first match back after the break, his first serve, he goes and serves underhanded. <laughs> <laughs> Had to. Pretty funny. For the brand. Yeah, you waited. Yeah, wait, waited all off, you know, waited the whole COVID break just to come back and do that. That's funny. Um, I don't know. It just seems like that's Djokovic's quarter. I mean, Struff's in there. He he's kind of been playing, you know, pretty good actually the last year or two. He's he's made a name for himself, kind of like at the later part of his career. Yeah. But I mean, Isner's Isner seems like the only guy that maybe could give Joker problems just with the serve. You got Opelka go fan first round, which is interesting. Although Opelka had the knee injury, you know, Fritz is in there. You wonder what you're going to see. Uh, but I think we're looking at the most. The two most uh, famous words in tennis right now, Joker rolls. <laughs> That's where, yeah. just to get through that quarter, yeah. I mean, I would be shocked. But that bottom one under it was Sitsipas and Zverev, and you mentioned Zverev's first tough matchup. I want to see what level uh, these guys have. Uh, I'm very curious to see Zverev if he can mentally shake that loss. Uh, some other interesting notes in there. Hercox has been the guy hitting all the tweeners during all the exhibition. Can he put something together? Diego Schwartzman's another player who's the nine seed. Uh, he made that run, I think, out to the quarter last year and played Nadal. So some interesting matchups. Uh, and, uh, you know, the other guy we didn't mention, Borna Chorich, who's been kind of underwhelming, uh, did test positive for COVID as well. 27 seems kind of low for him. So some uh, some interesting yeah. ones there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like if Zerv can get past that first round, it might open it up a little bit for him. Uh, your boy Jack Sox there against... Uh, <laughs> I guess one of my favorites, Pablito Cuevas. That should be uh, interesting to see. I mean, Sox should win that match. Do you remember right? what? Yeah. Do you remember what Cuevas looked like when he played at the ATP Cup in January? Yeah, where he was like getting mad and everything. <laughs> he was. He was getting mad. He was terrible. He's funny. He's a hot shot artist. But Jack Sock minus like one sixty in this match. We might have to go back just for old time's sake to uh, <laughs> the most successful <laughs> betting strategy of twenty eighteen: betting against Jack Sock. Not to be confused with betting yeah. against Sloan Stevens, which we'll get to later. That's a little bit later. Um, I mean, my, I like my guy, Christian Garin. He's the 13th seed. I mean, he's more of a clay quarter for sure, but he, ha- he has had a chance there. If you look at his, you know, the first few rounds, he's got Blanche to maybe get Kukushkin, you know, maybe get Livick. You know, I mean, he, you know, he could win those matches, but he could also lose any of them too since it's not clay. But, I mean, I don't know, man. What's What's... What's interesting is uh, when you take like 10 guys or however many guys have like chosen not to play and you take those 10 guys out, you really see how the depth takes a hit. Because now all of a sudden there's like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of new names in there that are, you know, that you haven't heard of. And, you know, you can, you can tell you can, it shows itself in the line where some players who wouldn't be that big a favorite are all of a sudden like you know, huge favorites because these are players that might not normally be in the draw. I mean, it's very possible, right, um, Gofan as a seven seed, if he gets tripped up, I mean, we could be looking at that at a first-time quarterfinalist in the bottom of that section. So 
It does show you, and, yeah. it, and it does open things up. I mean, how many times did Fed and Nadal just go chalk? I mean, Djokovic, too, obviously, just waltz right into mm-hmm. the quarter. I know they slipped up on occasion, but um, not very much. Uh, Money Mitch effect yeah. with Brett Connors still chatting about the U.S. Open men's draw. We'll get into the betting uh, odds of the first round, some of our favorite matchups in just a second. But I think I think there could be chaos in that Berrettini section, that little mini section. I think you could find some good value there. I think there's going to be a chance mm-hmm. to to see some upsets. We were talking uh, about some interesting first-round matchups before we went on. And uh, how about Grigor Dimitrov, Tommy Paul, the rematch? Right. Yeah, that'll be a good one. And then how about uh, Kachanov versus Sinner? Ooh. I think that's a pretty good one. That is a good one. That like is a good one, for sure. I like sure. both those guys. I feel like Sinner's a Grand Slam winner at some point in his career. I mean, he's only 19 or 19. Sa- so. you can, you save that. We gotta, we got to save that call for when it happens. <laughs> okay. okay. Sinner's a Grand Slam think- winner. It's happening. It will be the call, yeah, whoever. He's... he's uh, <laughs> He seems like he's a mature. He has a mature game for an eighteen-year-old. You know, like I watched him play. He won the next gen last year, and, and he seems yeah. like he's, uh, uh, you know, advanced for his age, and, and you know, he's going to keep getting better. I mean, what do we think in this tournament about a guy like Andy Murray? He beats Zverev. I think a lot of people were saying, "Wow, it's good to see him moving out there." It was Zverev obviously blowing it, but he's got a, a winnable first-round matchup, but a tough, uh, a, a very mobile guy, Nishioka. And then he's looking at Felix, who another guy would ask you what yeah. should we expect from the now 15 seed Felix, who is still waiting for that mini run in a major that we haven't seen yet. So, very fascinating little section there as well. Yeah, the, they didn't do uh, Andy Murray any favors. I mean, no. Nishioka is almost the worst kind of player for him to have to face in, the in first a best round of five because, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean Nishioka is a grinder, man. He'll he'll stay out there all day and, and keep balls in play and. I mean, I think Murray probably comes out on top there, but, you know, how much does it take out of him? And then he's got to play a guy like Felix, who's a, a big hitter. I mean, I'd love to see him go for a run just because it's a great story. And the fact that he's – you think about it, most people get hip replacements when they're in their, like, 60s, 70s or whatever, yeah. you know. And yeah. this guy's in the middle of his career getting yeah. this, you know, metal bionic hip put in and then coming back and, you know, playing at the highest level. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm with you there. I think this is a tough matchup. Murray obviously has got a lot of heart, but uh, I don't know. I, I think this is this is a great chance for Felix to do some real damage. It, this was, uh, you know, get to that team matchup, and I think that'd be the fourth round. And if team doesn't have his level, but this is a chance for him, an opportunity. Um, all right, I think I want to do the semifinals and pick your your you know you pick your champion, and then we can get into some first round be- uh, bets. So. With that in mind, I guess Djokovic and then the other three, who would they be? <laughs> uh, yeah, i got to say Djokovic. I mean, I, I love Tsitsipas. He's kind of my favorite of the next-gen young guys. But I just I wonder about him here in the open. I don't know. I just I have, like, this weird feeling about Zverev, which means I'll take him and he'll lose to Anderson. But I'll say Zverev just to mix it up. So not really mixing it up. He's a five seed. But, and then on the other side... I, I want to put team there just because, like, I mean, look at his draw. He gets Munar to play, like, Nagal. Yeah. Maybe play, like, Chilich or Albot. You know, like, that's... They, that's gave, they like, did favors for him, it's, it seems like. That, that's, you yeah, know. yeah. That's definitely going to allow him to, like, work his way into the tournament if he can at least come out on, you know, come out on top of, you know, first, second round. Um, 
I mean, I, it's so weird with the draw and everything, and I'm I'm saying there's going to be upsets, but I don't know, man. I'll say I'll go Medvedev. I like Medvedev. I want to root for him. And hopefully he can use this tournament and, and the fact that he did well last year to kind of get his year back on track and, and make a little run. I, I think it'd be fun to see Medvedev team. That'd be a really fun semifinal. And then Joker and, and Zverev on the other side, I'll say. Joker will beat Zverev. And I'll say team beats Medvedev, and then we get a rematch of the Australian Open Finals. How about that with Joker? Uh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to say... That's almost chalk, but you do have Zverev over Sitsipas. Yeah, it's not exactly like I'll go, a I'll, limb to go on. I'll go almost chalk too, um, but I will go Sitsipas. I'll, I'll go same final Djokovic over team. I'll go Sitsipas gets there. I'll say Rublev gets that other semi spot because why not? <laughs> you know, okay. the ten seed. Yeah, make a run. Uh, Medvedev. And he would play Medvedev. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys, yeah, I mean, they grew up playing together. So, I mean, they're, they're, didn't they? I feel like they played here last year. Didn't they play? Like, I feel like they played a really good match at some point I against think, each other. That I think you're right. Good. I think you're right. Uh, you know, they they've definitely they got. got four. Yeah, you're right. Medvedev's two and zero against him, and they played. Uh, not they played in Cincinnati last year, and he dusted them. So not at the U.S. Okay. Open, but uh, two okay. matchups last year: St. Petersburg and. Cincinnati with Medvedev winning both but he was a little bit different then it's going to be unpredictable uh, before we get to the women's yep. side Brett some first round matchups that might stand out to you I mean the only one we talked about so far was Sock and Cuevas which is uh, an interesting one uh, anything else that stands out from the get go something that you're you're looking at uh, yeah I circled a couple I mean I, I put Opelka down there plus 150 I, I don't know if that's moved but I mean first yeah. round for both those guys just to think that that's a left field and you draw that guy in the first round for both of them this is it's tough yeah I, mean, I, I i circled mackie mcdonald like plus 140 over mm-hmm. rude just because rude he doesn't really win that often on hard courts he's such a clay court guy with all that spin i don't know might be mcdonald feels like a good like little parlay bet I had pair circled until he came up with COVID, so <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going to maybe <laughs> bet, scratch that out. Maybe bet against the French guys because we don't know what we're going to see from them. Uh, but pair's not in it, um, obviously, yeah. with the COVID test today as we record this on Sunday. Uh, we mentioned it, Nishioka plus th- 235. That actually seems like a good yeah. value bet, maybe worth that's, a fiver. Yeah. Uh, as much as I want to root for Murray, that's definitely a good value right there. Tommy Stinner Paul. Plus 150. Yeah, Tommy Paul plus 130-ish. I mean... Dimitrov, what's he going to look like? Hasn't been great since he returned. Yeah, he got COVID too. And I circled the uh, Moutet, that French kid that played in like the UTS. Yeah. That yeah. uh, fast guy, he plays Vesely, who I don't know how, and he hasn't been playing that much. So he's like minus one thirty-five or something he, like that. It might be worth. You know, he's got it. He's got okay. an edge to him. Uh, I I saw that match yeah. against Sitsipas where he told his dad to shut up and said he was annoying. I mean, this is somebody that. <laughs> Obviously, doesn't back down. Um, yeah. The only other thing is, and I'll, I'll throw this out as a long shot because I think there will be upsets every year. We do this, and, and there's going to be an upset. Somebody, you know, maybe not a top seed going out, but a first round matchup. Karlovich plus five forty against Gasquet. Maybe just throw a little on it and see what happens if he's serving well and Gasquet's off. Worth a worth a yep. shot with that serve. So that's the other one. 
look at some of the matchups. As, and obviously, we don't know what the second and third round is until the matches are played. But there could be some good value there uh, as we get to that second and third round. And then we get to some seeded matchups where the numbers might not tell the whole story. So definitely some good ones there. Uh, all right. Brett Connors, Money Mitch Effect, Women's Draw. Oh boy! I mean, <laughs> okay, unlike unlike the other side, unlike you know, we always say there's parity in the women's game. Uh, Brett, seven out of the top ten, not here. Uh, Naomi Osaka was the prohibitive betting favorite. She pulled out of the Western and Southern Open final. She's about even with Serena now. Serena's passed her on a few sites. Serena, on the other hand, has lost uh, a couple of three set matches. The last one to Sakari was just a brutal third set down the stretch. What to expect? What to look at? I'm 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 ready for anything, and I should say almost anything, because I do think that there is a limit to who can actually win this tournament. But it's safe to say twenty, thirty women could win this tournament, right? We wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, if you look, I mean, she's not like gonna win because she's she's our bet against joke of the week. And Sloan is like eighty to one, so like all the way down. I mean, you. Let's be honest, if you came up to us and said, like, Sloan's in the semi, you wouldn't be like, wow, that's, like, unheard of. You know what I mean? So, no. Like, <laughs> just, you could go down, like, uh, Jabor, 50 to 1. Sakari, 50 to 1. Jastrzemska, 40 to 1. I mean... Kerber, 40 to 1. In you like, know, like, a lot of... Yeah, yeah. Pliskova, plus 1,000, hasn't performed well at many majors. We're, we're you know, Kvitova seems like great value at plus 2,000, but then you realize she really hasn't done much here. Um this is going to be a tough one to figure out. And there really isn't much momentum going into this. We mentioned Osaka has the injury issue. Serena hasn't looked great. Uh, Kennan had a brutal first-round matchup, lost to Cornet at the Western Southern Open. Keys lost to Jabor yeah. early as well. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> a, a future bet in this tournament, and I hate to say this, I, I almost never do, but I don't like any future bets other than just it, it, it's basically like playing the the roulette wheel to me. I think the the better way to take this tournament on is to bet on individual matchups. You could wait till the round of sixteen and still get great value on a lot of these women. Yeah, I mean this. You're like you said, dude. This is like you can almost just close your eyes and pick two or three and put like a future on them and just hope that they come in, you know, or pick two and make sure they're on opposite sides of the draw, you know. But just because there's so much value. Just from like, I mean, Mugu and Kinnan were in the last slam final, and they're like both sixteen or eighteen to one. You know, so yeah. like, just like when you when you mirror that with Djokovic, who's like the most successful Grand Slam winner, he's minus one twenty five. I mean, I know they're way less consistent, but I, I actually think it's the opposite. I think the women are are the side to make the futures on, just because. Well, know, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. I guess my my thought process is like you. Like you were saying, you have to see how they're invested, like we were saying with the men's. What's that first-round matchup, even if it's just one match? you know, it, What does that first-round matchup look like? Are they engaged? Are they sharp? Do they look like they're in shape? And we haven't really seen you know, them get a lot of matches, get a lot of time on the court. What's that like? And I just I still think that the odds are going to be there for you in the third round, even into the fourth round. Like You're still going to have a chance to get value and get a lot of plus odds because it is, is such an unpredictable tournament. But... Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're spreading some some wealth on the board, wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, I just think you could take like two or three people who are like twenty five to one and over, 
And there's like maybe one of them hits, and like you easily pay for your other bets, you know, just for fun. But like, I mean, Azarenka's thirty to one. She just won Cincinnati. She's not gonna win. She's not gonna like go back to back. She just you know, won. And, I'm sorry. She just yeah. won Western and Southern Open. I had to laugh when you said that. <laughs> That's the main. Yeah. Congrats to her, yeah, but I mean. Funny. Uh, I actually think the yeah, best way sure. to do this is bet the quarters, bet the long shots to win the quarter. Every year we have, I think, a, a at least one or two every calendar year unseated semifinalist. I mean, it's a, basically every other major it comes out to. So why not go long shot there and you could still get an insane payout? I mean, I think that that's – I hate to predict anything with the, the women's draw this tournament, but that's my prediction. There'll be an unseated player at least into the quarterfinals, probably into the semis. Yeah, definitely. I and mean, this seems like the women's side is where it's going to happen if it does. And you don't know. It's, it's just hard to say. Like, what players stayed in shape and took advantage of the off time as a way to, like, get better? And what players did the opposite? You know, sat on the couch and ate cookies like, you know, like the rest of us did. But. Sloan has plus 1,800 just to win her quarter. Like, that, that's where we are right now with her. So, uh, wow. you know, that that's the long shot that I have to look at. Someone like Jabor in that quarter, which has, you know, it's a pretty stacked yeah, quarter she? as well. Plus 1,000 to win the quarter. So, I mean, why not? And yeah. we, and we yeah, got, exactly. you know, Serena's level, it just hasn't looked that great getting to her. You always got to consider her a threat because she's so mentally tough, Brett, but it, it hasn't looked good recently. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not buying in on her being able to just flip the switch and run through the draw. Um, but. If there are some breaks, if the matchups, you know, break her way, and if she uh, is able to avoid the tricky players, the grinders that are going to, you know, move her a lot, it's possible she goes on a deep run and can win the title. It just the signs aren't good right now. No, I mean, and nobody wants her to win more than like ESPN and and the U.S. Open and and everybody. But you're right; she hasn't looked good, and she won that match in Lexington over Venus. I'm not sure that Venus didn't give her that one as a gift. Like if you play that one back when they cap rackets, you can almost see Venus like giving her like a little smug grin, like, you know, like you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But she, she hasn't looked that good. But if you look at her like theoretical draw, I mean, it doesn't look like they're people that, you know, you'd be like, wow, she's not going to win. She gets like Christy on to play like maybe Monica Puig to play Sloan, who probably won't get there to play Sakari, who just beat her. Right. So you're like, okay, there's one. And then, you know, theoretically, Keys, Kinnan, and Pliskova. You know, those they're probably all not going to get there. And she can beat all those players, you'd think. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know, man. Like, you're right. I went and watched her hit a little bit yesterday when she was practicing. And she looks, you know, fit. And she looks like she's hitting it, like, you know, crushing a serve. And I don't know, man. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, everyone keeps waiting for her to have this breakthrough. And, and, and they want her to win this slam and tie Margaret Court. Because, you know, so many people dislike Margaret Court. Right. And a lot of the things she stands for that they can't wait to replace Court as the leader of Grand Slams with Serena. But it's like, but who really recognizes that record, though? I mean, I'm not getting into the other stuff. But I, I don't, I mean, I, I understand why yeah. the number is there. But we know it was a different time. I mean, way different time. Um, Coco Goff. You know, plus twenty eight hundred to win, plus nine hundred to win her quarter. Do you think those are fair? Those are fair numbers, or do you think they might be bumped a little bit because she's the next big thing in tennis? Now, make no mistake about it. I'm, I'm buying Coco Golf stock as Coco Golf stock as being a great up and coming player. But in the moment, twenty twenty U.S. Open, Brett, what do you think about those numbers? Yeah, they're definitely inflated. 
I mean, just because, like, let's say you just make the comparison, like, Goff's 30 to 1, Sakari's 50. And I mean, that, yeah, yeah, and we they played. We saw what just happened when those two played. Yeah, and, and like, Jabor and Sakari have been playing pretty well. So to think that they're almost twice as big of, a, a, you know, a, a betting favorite to win the tournament shows you that it's a lot of, you know, media attention and name recognition that are, are you know, bumping our odds up to that, to 30. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think this tends to happen with the media darling in the sport, especially a younger player, that the odds might be inflated. Now, obviously, she can go on a run, and there will be value to bet on her individual matchups. But yeah, I, I mean, that, yeah. that doesn't mean she still might not win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm just saying that it's, you know, it's like that with, it's like the, almost the Tiger Woods effect, where, like, your average person who follows tennis might not know who Ons Jabur is, but they know who Coco Golf is. You know, so if they're yeah. going to make a bet, they're more likely to throw a bet on Coco than, you know, someone yeah. else, you know, that, that might have a better chance. I mean, I agree Osaka at the at the favorite level. Obviously, the health thing's a concern, but if she's fit, she looked like she was playing at a good level. She was buying in. I mean, I think that her A game is still maybe the best in women's tennis. So I, I don't have a problem with that number plus 500 for her, especially given the weekend field. So. Yeah, if she's serving well and she's like healthy enough, I mean, I, supposedly it's a hamstring issue, which those can kind of linger a little bit, and they don't they don't you know get better too quick. But hopefully, by you know pulling out of Cincinnati, that helped her give her a little more time and and get ready because she she plays tomorrow. She plays Monday night uh, on Ash. So so I'll look at uh, Brett. I do want to spend a lot of time because the the betting matchups are tasty for the women's draws to be expected. But I'll kind of break through how I see this bracket going. Uh, my, I'll call it like this. I think I don't. I don't really expect a, a dominant Pliskova performance here. I would love to see it be Jen Brady versus Pliskova in the third round, and what that line might look like. I think that's a uh, a tasty one for me. So I think that could be where we start to see things open up. Yeah, it's like uh, Pliskova has almost been like the placeholder as like the favorite going into a lot of slams, like the last two or three years. But it's, it's like a weird thing because she hasn't really proven it that much. She doesn't make that many deep runs, but she's always ranked really high and she's pretty consistent. So she's always, you know, like up there as one of the betting favorites. With her, it's hard to, to trust it until you see it. I mean, she's got the big serve and hits it hard, so the fast courts will help her out, I think. But I don't know. It's like her consistency and her movement, it, they're not there sometimes. And, and you're right. I mean, I think Brady... She can get past. I mean, she's got a little tough run. She's got Blinkova to maybe get Bellis, and Bellis has been, you know, playing yeah. decent. But if they can get by them, then you know that could be a, a fun match with some big serving. We don't know what level Kerber uh, is going to have as well. She's won before multiple slams, um, so I'll say I'll make that bold pick. I, I think Brady makes that run. Jeez, I mean, looking at the draw, well, <laughs> might as well just say all the way to the semifinals at this point. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at it. Petra Martic <laughs> as the eight yeah. as the eighth seed. I mean, at that point, why not? Yeah. So maybe I, I should yeah. uh, back that up as well. But I like Osaka down at the bottom half of the draw to uh, to handle business uh, and to get to the quarterfinal, which would be Kvitova's area. But uh, you know, I, I think I might be uh, I think I might be on the Yastremska train here to get to her first quarterfinal. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she needs, or she's ready, or you know, needs to have a, a good slam breakthrough. You know, she's been working with Sasha for like over a year now, or almost a year, and everyone he works with is pretty solid. And you know, she's she's got the strokes and she hits all the shots. It's just uh, the mental side. Sometimes yeah. she gets a little, 
a little down on herself, but you're right. I think she could she could make a run here. She got a couple easy first round, uh, first couple rounds, so if she could work her way into the tournament. Should point herself. out should point out Coco Golf third round rematch, another major matchup with Naomi Osaka. That plus nine hundred number to win the quarter just doesn't make any sense. You're in Osaka's quarter. Like I don't. I don't. I don't like that at all. I, I think. Uh, I think she could win that match. She's proven she can, but the betting value is just not good. So, uh, unfortunately, not yeah. the best. Sevastova's a tough. Yeah, that's yeah, a tough pull for her in the first round, and then maybe to get like Kasatkina or you know, over there. But I mean, you know, we'll see. It'd be great if Kogo could make a run with with everything that's going on and the stuff that she's kind of yeah. stood up for in the last few months. And for I sure, it'd be really really cool. I mean, I hate to do it, but on the you know the other side of the draw, that other quarter at the top, um, Muguruza, like Keys. I mean, these yeah. are two players. Like, what are we, what are we to expect of either? That would be a fourth round matchup to get to a quarter. I mean, obviously, the odds of that happening are probably not with with the parity that could happen. But I guess push comes to shove, I would say Mugu because she's done it before. She seems like she has a new lease on life. I know. She can be crazy. She can be unpredictable in these majors, Brett. But I haven't liked what I've seen from Keys, and uh, I think I, I think I treat Mugu as more of a sure thing right now. Yeah, I, I kind of like Mugu too. She's like eighteen or sixteen to one. Um, I think it's the situation with it being so weird and the you know the unique surroundings and everything. It's a good chance for the former the people who have won before take advantage so like the people like Kerber and people like Muguruza like the people who already have slams you know Serena you know people even Sloan I mean she won't yeah. do it but like the people who have at least gone through it and know like how to stay focused for seven matches over two weeks right they've at least said they've done it I think they have a little bit of an edge you have to think yeah, I agree with that completely. I think it's it's like the it's like the Stan effect too. I mean, I know you're talking about your boy. Like when he's playing, you got to get him revved up for those first couple round matchups. But once he gets to round four, it could be uncharted territory for other players. That could be the first time these players, Mugu, one of them, have been there before. Same with Serena, who I think you know the draw is pretty favorable until you get to that fourth round with either Sakari, maybe Annie Samova. We haven't seen what her level is going to look like. We know that. She can she can thump the ball, uh, you know. So I, I don't know what what that's going to look like. And then you know the bottom side with Kennan being, Kennan being the two seed, the reigning the the reigning major champion. I got to tell you though, Brett Mertens has looked really good and consistent on a couple different surfaces. So that that may be the boring choice. I know Anj Jabor is down there too, but Mertens his mm-hmm. game is uh, has been just flying under the radar. Yeah, and Conta plays a uh, fellow countrywoman uh, Watson down there. I mean, it just dude. I mean, just looking at it and trying Sevel- to make... Sevalenka's the five seed. Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I was to say, like, what are we well, doing? And, so, and, like, and Jabor is something, like, some huge favorite. Like, mine is, like, you know, 1,600 or just something ridiculously big a number. Yeah. Um, but the women's side is all, all already the more difficult side and a more yeah. unpredictable side. So then coming off COVID, who knows how Anna Samova's playing? Yeah. Like, who knows... Yeah you know so and so is playing you know it's like it's just so hard that you wouldn't be surprised i mean you're right when you said the start you when you're like there's 30 or 40 people who could win it yeah there's at least there's probably 50 that can make the semi that you wouldn't be that <laughs> exactly so i'll wrap this up and say i like brady versus osaka in one semi and i'll go with uh i will go with i don't think sakari's or serena i'll go mugu versus 
Oh boy, <laughs> that bottom one is just brutal to pick. Uh, we'll say Mugu versus Mertens. Why not? <laughs> okay. And Osaka Mugu right, in um, the final, and Osaka winning. And Osaka winning. Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna think. I don't know why I think. I just feel like Kerber in that section could do a little run. If she can get past Aya in the first round, and I think yeah. she can. I'll say Kerber up top. Okay. And so you took Osaka down there. I'm going to say Yastrzemska. All right. I like it. Let's get Yastrzemska weird. Yastrzemska <laughs> Kerber. Yeah. Yastrzemska Kerber. Let me see. Let me switch down here. I mean, I'm not going to say keys. No way. I kind of like Mugu, too. I was yeah. looking at that, too. I think she's just she's built for slams. Like she's strong and she's tall and she's you know good backhand and forehand. She's won yeah. before. I kind of always think okay. that about her, and sometimes yeah. she lets me down. But this would um, be this would be what then, the yeah another a, a first U.S. Open title would be a third slam and a third different one. And then what Zvonareva? Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I mean, down we, the bottom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kim uh, Kleisters, yeah. the major champion. Yeah, I don't. I guess, geez, I guess you got to almost say Kennan just because who else are you going to say? I'll say Kennan. Right. That's my one boring one. So Kennan, Mugu, and uh, Kerber, and Yastrzemska. And what do you got for a final? I'll say, I'll say Yastrzemska. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Beat Kennan. Wow. First I just hope she doesn't hit the umpire chair with her serve while serving for the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I mean, she's definitely that. That's a volatile pick. I could blow up I know, early in this tournament. But, I just have to point. But out I like your strimps gun. You you pick someone that did that that did what we just joked about with serving for a match and hit the umpire's chair. Obviously lost it. And I don't think that's that bad of a pick. Like she's got potential to win here. So. <laughs> that was like three weeks ago too. That was like a long time ago. Oh, man. Well, Yastrzemska is your pick to break through. Uh, all right, let's wrap with some of our favorite bets here. Money Mitch Effect, Brett Connors, talking 2020 U.S. Open, women's first round. And if you like underdogs, this is the tournament, this is the round for you because there's some tasty ones. Uh, at the, there, There's definitely yeah. tasty ones. And every year we're going to do the case study one year where we just sprinkle 10 bucks on every underdog and just show you how much money you can make. But what's one that stands out to you? Yeah, I, I put a bunch down, man. But none of, not all of them are huge dogs. But, I mean, I like, uh, I mean, Kerber's a favorite. I like Kerber. I put Sevastova down just because yeah. plus 150 is probably decent value for for her. She's a good player. Popovite minus 370. She's been playing pretty good. But, I mean, Collins, I don't like betting on Collins, but you're almost getting three three to one on your money. Yeah, that's great value. Um yeah, I mean, she you you can see where you can see a situation where Collins is oh, that mad. Oh, you gotta you gotta bring this one up. I just saw it, plus one eighty Van Utvank over oh, Camilla Georgie, who Camilla Georgie, who's been known to just go south fast. That that's your bet, right? Van Uter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she could win that. She could Van Uter bank. Osigwe plus one hundred five. I mean, that's just pretty much a pick them. But I mean, to me, a Babos five plus five fifty over Keys. Keys looks so disinterested in her match mm-hmm. in Cincinnati or, or whenever she last played that yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to see it from her before I believe that, she, that she's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. My girl, little Lauren Davis, getting plus 250 against uh, Cornet. I mean, yeah. Cornet can lose to anyone. Absolutely. Uh, 
Buzernescu plus 250, anybody? Well, Sloan? that's the Sloan match. That you, you highlighted that one. I mean, we we have not seen good things from Sloan. And that's a good one to kind and, of gauge, uh, you know, about against her once yeah. and see where she's at. If she proves you wrong, I wouldn't keep fading her. She might have figured it out. <laughs> uh, Kim yeah. Kleister's plus 220, Alex Androva. I mean, I, I don't. Yep. I think that's a solid option. She's so mentally, mentally sure. there. I mean, tougher than 90% of the tour in that department. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's Venus, Venus plus one fifty five isn't terrible against Muchova. Yeah, you're right. To me, a Babos is the bet of the day. I, I plus five fifty. <laughs> I mean, that should be at yeah. least two hundred points lower, at least. Yeah, and she she played good. I feel like she almost beat like Coco here last year. She almost beat somebody in a tough three setter. And then the one match I really like. She's not a dog, but I like this little uh, Layla Fernandez. Ooh, yeah, the young player. I'm buying, I'm buying stock junior. too. Yeah. She plays Zvonareva. She's only like minus 120. I, mean, I like Zvonareva's story. It's a great story and everything. But I feel like Fernandez is playing better and she's younger mm-hmm. and she's going to keep getting better. Yeah. I like rooting for her. So I like that one too. I'll throw another one out for you. Uh, Gasparian against Monica Puig plus 126. I mean, who, whatever the underdog was, I was going to throw that out at you because that's a coin flip match. Yeah. That should not, <laughs> nobody should be the favorite in that one. Favorite in that. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I almost even like my, I like Siniakova over. Well, I, oh, Kinefi. I know you, I know you like Siniakova. <laughs> we have established that. Yeah, but I mean, Kanepi's minus one forty. I mean, like, why has she even been playing? Like, it feels like Siniakova's probably got more match play in her recently. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely more on the women's side that, that stand out to me as, as having more value than on the men. I think the men will show itself later on. You know, after the first couple of rounds. Yeah, no, I think we've I think we've hit the, every single one that I wanted to get to. The only other one I was going to throw out, I don't know what Donna Vekic is like. Pliskova 2, KP2, Christina Pliskova, plus 156. If she's serving well, I mean, that's a value match as well. So uh, we shall Laura see. Laura Siegeman. Laura Siegeman. Plus 400. <laughs> you know what the best part about betting on Siegeman is? She'll hold serve down four one in the uh, set. She'll get. She'll give you a good hold of serve before <laughs> you lose your money. So there's at least that. Best back in tennis. Best back. And I don't know. Well, Sakari's coming, man. I mean, I don't know if you watched her beat Serena, sure. but that's been good. Uh, all right, Brett Connors. This was a blast. The, yeah. Go ahead. You might have the most cut back in tennis, but I still take Laura Siegman best back in tennis. It's a tough call, indeed. <laughs> All right, Brett, this was a blast. Uh, appreciate you coming on, dishing out some betting advice. We'll have to see how uh, how things are uh, how things developed in that department. And, uh, no, appreciate you coming on. Hope everything goes well at the U.S. Open. Stay safe there. And uh, congrats on all your podcast success. And uh, make sure everybody out there checks out Advantage Connors when they have a chance. Yeah, thanks, Monty. I always love coming on with you and, and talking to tennis and you know, we'll be uh, staying in communication, following along, and everybody out there can, can follow at Advantage Connors if they want and uh, hear more of us talking smack about gambling and, and tennis, too. All right, that's Brett Connors on the Money Mitch Effect talking 2020 U.S. Open. Brett, thanks again, and uh, have a blast. So glad we can finally bet on tennis again. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Money. Huge thanks again to Brett Connors for coming on today's show. And make sure you check out Advantage Connors. Lots of great content, lots of great 
interviews on there with Jimmy Connors and Brett. So make sure you check out the podcast and uh, hope Brett uh, does pretty well with some of those picks because, you know, some of us love a vested interest in that. The U.S. Open starts today. That's, this was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Search Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. There'll be a show next week where we talk more U.S. Open as well as an update on the hockey bubble. Islanders, Lightning, Vegas, and Dallas are the four teams that are standing out. All three won in those series. We'll see if there can be some comebacks there. NBA bubble still going on, and football is only two short weeks away, less than, I think, two weeks away now. So we're getting ready for that as well. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.